this is true buzz That Mary Jane, now we ain't new to this For my stones and for my cannabis enthusiasts Never heard a show as good as this uh, Number one, it's the best Bringing in many special guests In the industry of cannabis Business owners to growers Even artists you know of So sit back and just roll up Perfect show for my smokers True buzz, hey. Cool, cool all right, everybody, welcome to the True Bud Show podcast. It's your buddy Jack here. We have a special one today. We have David Belsky from Flower Hire in the building, or I should say in the Zoom. How's it going, man? <laughs> it's it's the today's building. It's all a, a big virtual room. Uh, I think we're in the metaverse. Uh, it's going well. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, I was uh, really excited to have you on because I really love what you're doing. And I feel like this episode is going to provide a lot of value for anybody trying to break into the cannabis space or, you know, even but anybody that's already in the space. So flower hire is basically talent for cannabis. And you come from a rich history of procuring talent um, in other industries as well, if I'm not mistaken. So three, you said something in your article I read on Forbes, you had like three things that you look at when you're hiring somebody kind of three kind of principles maybe and I that really resonated with me so um I think that might be a good way to start sure I mean um flower hire historically has been focused on filling um what I call six-figure cannabis jobs you know functional leaders managers directors executives and historically um you know over the last five years we've helped companies in cannabis hire people that don't have the professional cannabis experience. Uh, obviously, the workforce hasn't necessarily existed for very long outside of obviously cultivation in the traditional market. So one of the things that we do um, as we do our work helping companies hire is we really educate candidates on what it's like to work in the industry. And I think the first uh, thing is um, someone has to really be a startup person in their core, or at least understand what it means to work in a startup and be okay with that because uh, it's not for everybody and that's okay. I mean, you know, in startups, you know, things constantly change, there's a lack of process, there's some ambiguity in terms of what your job is and isn't, and um, things are constantly changing. And, and some people thrive in that and want that, and some people it's not right for them. So that's I think learning how to be a startup person and learning how to work in cannabis is just too much for most people to take on, I've seen. Um, the second thing that I talk about is relationship with the plant in some way. You don't have to be a hardcore user, but you have to align on the fact that it's a purpose-driven culture and it could potentially help people and generate jobs and tax revenue. Um, and what I think that's important is because most cannabis companies are a lot of them have the opportunity to really be special culturally where, you know, your CEO or your retail GM or your trimmer or driver, I'll enjoy going to work every day because they believe in what they're doing. That's very rare. So, you know, looking at it in that way, like you're excited to work in the industry and you have some type of relation with the plan, I think is, is important. And, uh, you know, the third one really is what I like to call humility. You know, it's it's um, doesn't matter who you are, what you've done professionally. Cannabis, working in cannabis will challenge you. And you have to be ready to be humble again if you haven't been humble for a while. And, you know, learn how to do what you do again in a brand new domain. And, and obviously humility comes part from the course 
when you're working in an industry with the uh, legacy of, of, of cannabis and the war on drugs. Like you have to be humble because you'll meet somebody that's been to jail for a long time for doing what you're actually doing. Um, and um, you gotta be prepared for that and deal with it appropriately. So well said, so well said. Thank you for that um, breakdown and insight there, you know, into the industry. And it's, it's so interesting to me, you know, being up. So I've been doing sales and in cannabis industry for about two years now, kind of on the ground. And then I was doing like media and marketing before and fun stuff like this podcast for a couple of years now. Um, so it's just like you're just hitting it on the head there because it's so fluid and so kind of all over the place sometimes, but you're so right. Cause that, I love that, but I have friends who are like, dude, I don't know how you do it, man. I could not, you know, kind of live in that startup environment. Um, but it, keep, it keeps you on your toes. And the thing I love about the industry is the creativity element of how creative we've had to become, you know, f- to get around certain things and just, you know, w- what it's going to bring scrappy. to us. And, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's scrappy. And it's like, I say like this, the solutions are there. You just might have to look a lot harder for them and it, they won't come as easy as they should. And that's just kind of the, the reality of it. Um, so have you been doing like retail facing sales in yeah. terms of helping brands get on the shelves and like licensed dispensaries? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I was working for two different beverage companies actually. So previously was a bartender for almost 10 years, um, and then loved cannabis throughout. So it's kind of a fusion of everything for me. So super fun place. I'm working right now for Koan, these precision calibrated little cocktails. Sorry, my screen's blurred right now, but cool little uh, cannabis shots, uh, perfectly dialed in. We have seven different experiences. So it's really fun going to all the dispensaries. I think I've been in every dispensary in LA. And when I see a new one pop up, I always try to get there as soon as possible. <laughs> well, yeah, well, it's, uh, it's a lot of miles, um, you know, and that, that war for getting your product on dispensary shelves when it's a, you know, an unknown brand is you, you have to be scrappy and yeah. persistent, right? So I respect what the work that you do. Right. Thank you, man. Thank you. <laughs> right back at you. Um, now you said you fulfill some, oh, I guess let's take it back to the origins a little bit. You, you saw a, probably a gap that needed to be filled in the industry, you know, for people looking for quality talent. Um, so, you, so you came along and filled that need for everybody. How did that s- sort of begin for you? You know, I, I have had two jobs in my, you know, career. I worked at one company for over 13 years and I now you know, flower hire has been a little bit about five years. And um, I worked in the recruiting and, and, uh, and search business before, but focused on serving technology companies and it become a bit soulless for me. It was, I was, you know, comfortable, but, but unfulfilled. And, uh, you know, I got a call from uh, a friend who uh, was out in California working for a high profile delivery companies like Dave, you got to come see this. And I, need, I think we need your help. And um, I had the opportunity to, to help, you know, one company hire 30 people in 2017 and really talk to entrepreneurs and executives uh, that were from the kind of, you know, Prop 215 era that were excited about coming into the space, that were, you know, trying to figure out you know, the industry and, and all that. Um, we're all talking about raising capital and hiring. So I saw the lane. And, uh, you know, formally started Flower Hire, um, you know, five years ago. And, uh, you know, I've always was kind of obsessed originally just about thinking, like, what is a cannabis executive? What does that person 
look like, sound like? What is their experience? What is that person's job like, right? And, and I think that, you know, I, I've really, originally was trying to build a lot of visibility in terms of uh, what that entailed. Um, and then over the last few years, really pivoted into a circumstance where, I, you know, in some weird way, I've seen companies try to grow and try to hire the right people and solve similar problems, you know, across the country, often a handful or dozens of times. And so now we're, we're really working to bring value to the operators in this industry. Because I do believe a cannabis executive is, you know, one of the hardest working people on the planet right now. Um, and, uh, and if we can help guide that person, give them insights, solve a problem and, uh, bring value. I mean, that's, that's exciting and, and fulfilling. Absolutely. And congrats on the five year mark. That's big. Um, and now when you said like across, you know, across the nation, um, you're, it started in LA, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Um, now, how, how has that expansion been? And are there some markets that are getting you really excited or where you've seen like a huge influx of maybe some potential jobs pop up? Just curious. Yeah, I mean, so California was almost our exclusive market, you know, through the end of 2018. But since 2019, we've done as much business east of the Mississippi as west. Um, and, you know, in the last uh, 12 months, probably two thirds of our business east of the Mississippi. Um, and California is still our number one market in terms of demand, but, you know, we did placements in 15 different states last year. Um, and so, you know, the, after California, you know, uh, Michigan, Massachusetts and Florida, um, you know, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, that area of the Mid-Atlantic and uh, Arizona, Nevada and Illinois have really been sort of our markets we've had the most, um, you know, sort of clients and demand in, but then, you know, put Colorado in there, um, you know, put, uh, you know, places like Maine and Arkansas and Missouri in there. And, and you know, you're starting to see um, really these type of jobs, these type of supply chains with all these states just continue to scale and progress. And um, it's exciting to see. So right now the flower hire team is around 30 people. Um, you know, 26 to be exact, and half are based in LA and Southern California, where we have an office, and half have been working virtually in this uh, post-apocalyptic, um, you know, pandemic world. Uh, but but really, cannabis has been in person, and uh, it's, it's really helped us to have boots on the ground in, in a lot of the states that we support. Um, and so that's you know how the, the current team is structured. I love hearing that the the boots on the ground because, like I was saying, that's kind of what I am out here for. You know, these startups, and it's, I just realized how important it is being there in the trenches and doing everything. Now, I, I had a question. You know, with maybe somebody trying to break into the industry to get like a sales gig, like I was two years ago, maybe something not you know a starting out sales position. How important it is is it to you that they have a cannabis sales background, or they come with a book of you know, clients potentially, because I noticed when I was trying to break in, I was having some trouble and pushback because I didn't have my roster of clients. Um, so, and that's where the beverage thing helped me because it was like a beverage gig in cannabis. So I'm just curious what your advice or kind of thoughts would be for somebody breaking in. Break, breaking in specifically to find a sales role working for a brand? Yeah, sales or marketing or something in that, you know, kind of that stream. Yeah, I mean, I think 
sales in California is a freaking knife fight. And most of the times companies want from flower hire, if we're supporting on those roles, they want somebody with a book, with established contacts. You know, we have seen that some of the companies that have more established brands and processes have started to look for traditional kind of field sales experience and like be okay with, with you know, just a good old fashioned hustler. My opinion is that companies are kind of all over the place and what they're looking for. And it's all about building relationships and being passionate about a product and, and hustle because even if you have relationships with buyers, the buyers probably change every three months anyway, and it doesn't matter, right? And, and uh, I think there's this, and, and that being said, dispensers, you know, in general, it's, it's fairly tribal. You know, it's a lot of SMB. I think there's been retail consolidation in California for sure, but there's still the average buyer is buying for one location or maybe two or three. So, um, you know, I think that for anyone looking at the industry, I think, you know, going to events, connecting with people on LinkedIn. I mean, LinkedIn is a very supportive of the cannabis industry as a social media platform, which is awesome. Um, I think that, you know, make it known that you're trying to break into the industry, connect with people working in the industry, talk to them, ask them their advice, ask their feedback. Because what's crazy about cannabis, people actually will help. <laughs> There's still this sense of community here, right? And um, I've hired people at Flower Hire from just seeing how well, they've marketed themselves looking for a job that didn't have recruiting experience, right? Um, uh, so um, I think that that's, you know, another thing. And also the other piece of advice is it's really hard to look at cannabis apples to apples versus other industries as it relates to career ladder. I think we're programmed in society to look at career in a very linear way. I'm an employee, I'm a supervisor, I'm a manager, I'm a director, I'm a VP. In cannabis, it's really about just getting something in your lane because, you know, even if you have even have like a manager title, you probably have more strategic responsibility than you've ever had in most companies. And uh, there's also just the story of like, just get in and get a job and learn and meet people in the industry. Like, there's a true story. Like one of the, my favorite stories is there's, I have a friend who uh, was a lawyer you know, corporate attorney, didn't really like the work he was doing, got a second job working a couple nights a week at a dispensary in Hollywood, met somebody who was a customer, they started a cannabis company, that cannabis company was acquired by Columbia Care for $80 million, not less than three years later, right, so sometimes it's just about being in the industry and meeting people, like that's a real story, right, now I don't, I don't, I would advise anyone that this isn't a get-rich-quick industry, and don't approach it like that because you'll be disappointed. Um, this is a chance to get into an industry that you can live the American dream in a sense of you can work your way up over the course of time by working hard and meeting people and, and learning your craft because cannabis still needs to hire hundreds of thousands of people in the next five to 10 years that have never worked professionally in cannabis before, right? Um, so that fast track career growth. There's lots of stories of people taking a, you know, $16 an hour position in some part of a cannabis operation that they learn of an open job that's there through growth. They are a hard worker. They put their hat in the ring for that manager job and all of a sudden they're making 25K. And then they have the chance to move up from there, right? So, um, you know, it's, you can't look at it as I'm entitled to make this. Now, 
California's an expensive place. You got to make a living. Totally understand why we work. And I know it's not feasible for people, right? Um, but, um, you know, I think that uh, those are just some of the advice. And, you know, on our website, flowerhire.com, we, uh, if you click on learn, there's a lot of, we go back and there's a bunch of blog posts about crafting a resume for cannabis, tips for getting a job, how to keep up to date on industry news and what's happening, some, some examples of that. You also have some great, um, I started diving into some of your um, YouTube channel content as well. There's some really cool interviews you have on there. Not as good as yours. But, uh, <laughs> hey, thanks, but, man. <laughs> well, well, you know, YouTube's a, a strange place because it's owned by Google. You can't really market your stuff on there. But um, I've been fortunate to interview some some folks that have often are friends, clients, candidates. And, and I think as a cannabis company, marketing-wise, you just have to be your own content engine, as you know. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I think you hear those those uh, things on our YouTube channel, you know, there are so many different types of entrepreneurs in, in cannabis that I've had the chance to chat with and, you know, guys share their story and what they're working on. And, you know, I've enjoyed, enjoyed doing those. I'm completely the same way. And like you said, from the jump of, you know, the kind of just being humble and I'm just always being a student in the industry because I've learned, I'm consistently learning so much. And even talking to people who might come into a dispensary, if I'm doing an event who aren't smokers or like they're kind of curious, I can learn, you know, I'll learn from them too, different things and how stuff affects them. I'm, I'm always learning out here. And it's, that's the beauty of it too. Like you're saying, it's, it's endless, endless upside is what you can learn and what, what it can become out here. Yeah, um, I think that um, I agree with you. And I think that's important for people that want to work in the industry. Like, it's not about loving the products. It's great. I, I like the products too, you know, but you don't lead with that. You know, you learn about the plant. You learn about the regulations. You know, another tip of finding a job is you can look at the Bureau of Cannabis Control Regulations in California or the CCC in Massachusetts or whatever state you live in, like read how complex compliances and familiarize yourself with those. Um, and so when you have the opportunity to speak to somebody around cannabis, like you kind of have a little bit of a, of a, of you, you started your education. And I think that's an attractive quality. I've heard many clients bring up when they're hiring people is, yeah, they knew what they were talking about. Didn't have the industry experience, but like, I don't really have that much time to train people because we're so busy. So the fact that they were willing to do that it showed me that they, you know, they were, they, they got it. They got it, you know? Yeah. And, and to that point too, it's just crazy how many products are out there and how many new ones are hitting the market. So that's why I have the utmost respect for bud tenders too, because sometimes they're not getting paid the most and they're expected to know everything. It's like, man, <laughs> there's like a couple thousand products in some of these stores. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think that um, the bud tender is really the beacon of what most people think of and think of jobs in cannabis. Like the fact that a vertically integrated cannabis company has more diversity of job function and job title than probably any company on the planet. Most people don't really know that, right? But they know what a bud tender is. So I think it's incredibly <laughs> important Like that person, yes. not only what you said, but they're like an ambassador of what it means to work in cannabis. So true. So true. And I, it's interesting, too, because I've noticed lately more and more um, bud tenders who don't smoke or just started 
um, in some of these um, roles, which is super interesting. Um, just in the past couple months, I've noticed it more and more. So like you're saying, there's so much expansion that is just going to be that thing where you don't have to be a hardcore stoner to get in the industry. You can just, no, you know. And I, I think as long as that person is really curious about educating about how people use cannabis, what type of products help certain people, in some ways, provide they can collect information and help customers that come in and have questions. And sometimes it's not just about what's the highest THC percentage, you know, they can answer those questions. Sometimes it's, well, this is probably what you should start with if you're not an experienced consumer. And I would suggest something like this. If you don't want to fall asleep, you want to be creative and zany, right? Like <laughs> someone's got to like have some insight because I think education is still so important, not just for bud tenders, not just their responsibility, but the industry in general. I mean, we're just now starting to understand which molecules do what for who and how terpenes and combinations change that and change how it reacts with people. And it's going to take a long time to figure all that out. But, um, you know, education is incredibly important, um, I think. Um, we have to evolve how we talk about the products beyond just THC and CBD. 100%, 100%. And I've uh, approached that or, you know, dealt with that with these new cannabis brands because they're new form factors people have never seen before. So there are, you know, a lot of questions to be had and, you know, it's hard sometimes to sum it up. It's just a quick little sentence for somebody coming in the store real quick. Some people will talk more, but the, there's a lot going on with some of these products out here, like you're saying, but people love hearing it like, oh, I didn't even know what that was, or I don't even know what I'm taking. Um, speaking of what's kind of, do you have a favorite way you like to consume smoking edibles? Uh, I do like joints, um, but I'm, I've actually been a big fan of, of microdose beverage or edibles uh, recently. Uh, not recently, I should say for several years now, because um, I do think in some way it's a performance enhancer. I'm not one of those people that can take a 50 milligram gummy, gummy and function. That's not me. But I think, you know, if I'm going to sit through six hours of Zoom meetings or I'll be on the phone, you know, having a couple milligram, you know, Petromint or a canned beverage or something like that in my system, I'm good to go. You know? <laughs> I hear that. I hear that. That's what I, I had one of these little uh, koan drinks before. I'm an edible guy too, though. Like end of the night, I'll maybe do something like 50 milligrams sometimes to put me out, but that's what I've realized more and more with the lower dose stuff is, Hey, I don't need that much to get feeling good and functional, you know, like you're saying, yeah. just, just to have that experience. And I also love the beverage form factor personally for, you know, the rapid absorption onset aspect. I mean, sure. I like telling that to the can of curious people too, because they're like, Oh, I'd never do an edible. I'm like, Hey, you can do two and a half milligrams and take it sip by sip, take a sip, wait 10 minutes. And a lot of people like hearing that, like, oh, I can take it slowly. I don't need to eat a whole gummy. So there's a lot of interesting components for me why I love beverage, but that's a whole nother tangent. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, there's a, there's multiple points on the spectrum between I'm sober and I'm high. And we're just now starting to understand what those kind of midpoints are. And cannabis can be a performance enhancer for people depending on how they use it and how them live a better life, perform better at work and in their personal life, and um, have a lot less of the downside of other pharmaceuticals or narcotics, um, a lot safer. So, um, you know, I've 
that's what I think. I mean, people ask me a lot of, what do you think about cannabis use in the workplace? You know, and I'm like, well, it's about self-awareness. And if you're in, make the decision to use cannabis and you can't function in your job and people believe you're intoxicated, you're probably gonna lose your job. But if you're self-aware enough to understand how to do it responsibly and how you're gonna function, you know, more power to them. You know, I mean, I, in a past life before cannabis, you know, we did happy hours every week, go out to a bar and feed people drinks. I'd rather feed people a joint, you know, even if they're colleagues, because they're a lot less likely to do something really stupid, you know, that gives me more management nightmares, um, you know? Uh, so I just ranted a little bit. Sorry about that. No, no, I love it because um, I'll talk about this quite often myself. We've done these, I've worked these events in the past, these only cannabis drinks allowed, no smoking even. And it's just a whole different world than, you know, for, like I mentioned, I'd bartended for nine years. So it was like, you see a lot of different stuff going on there. And then when people are drinking cannabis, they're just chilling, laughing, having deep conversations. And it's just, just a whole nother world going on that I truly enjoy. And I think once more people see that, can actually see it firsthand, they're going to be like, oh, damn, this is a whole, whole thing that we don't have to feel shitty the next day either. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, I think it's slowly but surely spreading, you know, through people's social groups mostly um, that there are other ways to consume cannabis and you know I think innovative products like what you're currently representing is uh, is uh, you're part of that journey yeah it's super fun super fun journey man um, the, and like this podcast has been super fun man so uh, yeah. I just want to say thanks again for coming on man um, I think we're pretty solid, man. I, I keep saying on here towards the end of them, I need to pay for the more expensive Zoom. I get a certain cutoff. I don't think it's kicked in yet, but um, is that some of your merch, the Plants Over Pill shirt? No, it's not mine. It's a great shirt, but it's a company called uh, Good Day Farms. Uh, they're, they're an MSO that's, believe it or not, in the South. Arkansas is where they're headquartered. They have uh, operations in uh, Louisiana and in Missouri. Um, but this is a shirt that is, it's a good day farm shirt. Um, uh, so I love, I like the, I like the message behind it. I do as well, man. Plants over pills all day, <laughs> unless it's uh unless it's a weed pill. Those are good too. I, I like a couple brands out here that do those. <laughs> yeah. I mean, those are, uh, capsules are hit or miss. Um, I think the beverage is the, is the, is the better bet. Um, cause it's a little bit more, more enjoyable. I do think when you get down to the molecule level, there's probably a lot of benefit to the to the gel cap form um, for people uh, as part of a wellness or superfood regimen. But I don't think we're there yet. Um, yeah. And you're right. Yeah, they are hit and miss. Even some companies I love, just I'll buy a batch and be, oh, this isn't hitting the same. There's something kind of off here. That's I like that. I, I started to see some, you know, like Cookies has like shaga mushroom with like CBN or you know, CBG or uh, in, in gel cap form you get from their, from their website. So starting to see some interesting combinations of superfoods and cannabinoids um, out there. So something to watch. Yeah, that's what's super interesting and fun too, is you can kind of 
as you were mentioning, like with the terpenes and all this, you can start experimenting yourself and maybe consume some terpenes in a certain way and then smoke a joint maybe or take a hit and kind of make your own experience. I uh, get all like sciency with it and make your own <laughs> consumption method, if you will. Right. But uh, <laughs> well, you know, I'm, I'm glad you invited me onto the podcast. Um, you know, uh, thank you very much. We, uh, you know, in I think the second or third week of July, we're gonna have a uh, a taco night for some industry friends in our office in Manhattan Beach. You're more than welcome to come. Um, you know. That'd be Happy awesome, man. Day. Yeah, I'd love to come. I'll come with a goodie box of some koan and some mixers, make some people some drinks. <laughs> there we go. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> right. I'm in. We're going to make it happen. Awesome, man. Well, I'm looking forward to that. Um, and yeah, thanks so much again for coming on, man. Um, really learned some stuff from you today, and I'm excited to get this out there and throw a couple clips up on the True Buds TV channel, too. Thank you, sir. Hey, right, thank you, man. Talk soon, brother. This is true buzz that Mary Jane. Now we ain't new to this. From my stones and from my cannabis enthusiasts. Never heard a show as good as this. Uh, number one, it's the best. Bringing in many special guests in the industry of cannabis. Business owners to growers, even artists you know of. So sit back and just roll up. Perfect show for my smokers. True buzz. Hey.